The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Athletic Football Tactics Podcast. 2023 has seen the addition of some bonus mini-pods, which we are really enjoying, focusing on specific topics and getting the thoughts of Liam Tharm and Mark Carey, providing insight and analysis, both analytical and tactical as well. So far, we've talked about Liverpool's issues in midfield. We've talked about Chelsea's record-breaking signing, Enzo Fernandez and someone a little more known to us this week. Great to be with you guys. You're going to talk to me about Harry Kane, the hottest of all the Spurs. He's climbed above Jimmy Greaves, uh, but also Smith, Chivers, Jones. Kane now stands above them all. He does, yeah. 267 goals. But it was a slightly contentious one because there's debate as to whether Jimmy Greaves is actually the highest with 268, I believe, because he scored two goals in a charity shield game. Mm. So I thought I'd get that in as a stat nice and early. Um, but yeah, the top 10 is, is really interesting. Um, I broke it down, or we broke it down in a piece that, um, that we did on Harry Kane's record uh, goal scoring between uh, the league uh, domestic cup and European goals um, and 45 goals in Europe as well is highly impressive um, there's a few familiar names on there certainly from my generation Jermaine Defoe uh, and Son Hung Ming uh, but there's quite a few names that I didn't recognise within Spurs history I'm sure the, the Spurs ultras will know um, all of them um, but there's quite a few that I didn't recognise there 200 goals in the, the Premier League as well so it well he is still on track to, to break Alan Shearer's all time uh, record as well 260 goals so he's still some way off but he's definitely on the right trajectory uh, should we say to, to breaking the all-time Premier League record well is he I mean no one knows exactly how much longer he will be playing and playing in the Premier League who knows really but in terms of trajectory how do we rate the probability of Kane beating Alan Shearer's record he's currently 60 goals behind the rate that he's going, we, we did included in the piece, we did a graphic which shows this trajectory. And if it continues in the same rate that he is uh, performing, then he is on track to beat it. But as you say, you've got to think about things like injuries and his contract, is it 18 months left? He still um, maybe could go uh, elsewhere. Um, it would probably be within the Premier League that he'd move. But it looks for all intents and purposes like he is on the right path to, uh, to beating that record. I always find it interesting to compare eras and generations when it comes to goal scoring numbers, individual goal scoring numbers. I think it's difficult to do because on the one hand, I always think of Dixie Dean's 60 goal season for Everton, which feels very hard to replicate in the modern game. Uh, and yet across Europe in the last 10, 15 years, we have started to see the emergence of some goal scorers scoring at a rate previously unseen for a few decades. Of course, Messi and Ronaldo and Holland and Mbappe as well. So it's difficult to compare generations, but it's it's interesting. In terms of the Premier League and the greatest goal scorers we've seen in the last 30 years, does he score at a greater rate per 90 than the others that have plundered a lot of Premier League goals? Do you know what? I actually don't have the numbers at a per 90 rate, but I think that never mind kind of within the game across different seasons I think it's that consistency across the multiple seasons like Alan Shearer his longevity I think was kind of the the key to him being um, being the all-time top goal scorer I think Sergio Aguero has 
has a better or had a better per 90 goal scoring rate but obviously he was only in the the Premier League for a short amount of time so I think it's as much as anything the uh, the longevity of the, the goal scoring consistently across every season that sort of sets you apart and his career being in the Premier League in its entirety, at least so far, um, will definitely give him that edge compared to others who might be uh, have a better per 90 rate. Liam, I can't think of many top-level strikers that have been able to extend a career at the top level into a second decade without successfully evolving and adapting as a player. So how many evolutions has Kane undergone? That, that's a hard number to pinpoint. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of talk, and there has been for, for years now, about how he's evolved into this, you know, player who does wear a number ten on his back, and, and that being his style, um, of sort of to link play more. And you know, everyone knows now he drops in, he likes to play through balls. A lot of that can be for, for Son. Um, we're not really here to discuss that because, as Mark and I sort of premise with the piece was. Everyone knows how his overall style has changed, um, but we wanted to specifically hone in on his goal scoring because he's still scoring at um, sort of ridiculously good rates. And I think he's been in interesting in terms of where he's shooting on the pitch uh, and the types of shots he's taking in relation to the the systems and the styles that uh, the different managers uh, have played that he's, he's worked under. If you look at his record-breaking goal um, against Manchester City, it comes off the back of a high press, and that's really the sort of goal we saw him score plenty of under Pochettino. Um, they play a lot in sort of a, a 4-2-3-1 under him to start with. Um, he'd often have Deli Alli in behind and uh, a lot of his early goals, his first seven, I think, were all one-touch finishes close to goal, um, you know, in, in the box, sort of a pure number nine, if you like. I believe Aaron Lennon assisted his second and third goal, um, sort of an indicator of that winger, um, you know, who can provide that service from out wide. And then over time, we started to see him, um, particularly when Spurs changed that 3-4-3 at times uh, under that sort of peak under Pochettino. They started to have more possession. They started to cross even more. Um, he had sort of Ben Davis um, and uh, Danny Rose as sort of left wing backs that could provide him that those crosses, but also those slip through balls. Um, they had you know not really out and out wingers. They got rid of those, um, brought in or so they used both Ericsson and Ali or those number tens to really give them those players to combine with. Then uh, you started to get Kane scoring more from wide areas. If people remember those uh, that goal against Arsenal, that goal against Stoke, and I can say that goal because you know we can picture them. I think quite clearly mm -hmm. in our minds. Yeah, I saw a, a graphic of the location of all of his goals for Tottenham Hotspur and that goal against Arsenal stands out so specifically for the location in which he uh, took the shot from. Uh, his shot locations overall are very, very interesting uh, over time, particularly this season where in terms of his distance from goal per shot, you know, pretty significantly closer to goal per shot than he ever has been before. Yeah, far close. And you get, you think of the, the goals that he has scored this season, they seem to be in and around the six yard box. Um, and I think it's really nice based on what you said before, Liam, that it seems to kind of come in a, a nice full circle from his first season where he was all, all the things that you said, Liam, kind of more that penalty box striker. And there's a, there's just a nice completeness that as he's breaking the record, it seems to be kind of coming back to that uh, that penalty box striker. And granted, he can still score really well from from outside the area, but it's in, in a slightly different guise. He's uh, he has returned to that sort of clinical finisher that he once was. And it's I think it's a system thing again with Spurs being um, you know they're quite a heavy team and trying to build up, but I don't think they're the best team at getting through the third. So he's not getting a huge ton of sort of clear opportunities. He's scoring a lot of goals off the back of set pieces. Ahmed Walid has written about you know him being a real back post threat at corners with Gianni Vio now being um, you know, almost sort of a, a good partnership for Kane now ironically. Um, you know producing so many of these flick ons at the near post for, for Kane to tap in. Um, he had at one point in the season I'm not sure if he's added to it yet, but seven headed goals, which is his most or joint most sorry ever in a Premier League 
season uh, and closer Duncan Ferguson's record. Um, so again, more records in his sights, mm. um, so to speak. And yeah, that that full circle thing speaks to the range of goals um, that he can score. And also down to Spurs, I think going behind a lot in games, often going one or two nil down. Um, there's a great header at Brentford, which is another example of teams who often sit off Spurs and then they will have to sort of hit them down the sides when they're faced with a low block. Uh, that's a great header in particular, I think, to show, you know, the the range of even aerial goals that he can score where he can get on top of a defender or he can go to the far post. Uh, you know, he'll score diving headers as well. We've seen that for England, that he's not a player that even in terms of a specific body part, will score a variety of goals in that in that regard. So yeah, so versatile and that's why under the different coaches I think he's he's thrived so much. It's still interesting to me how linked the different versions of Harry Kane are to the man that was managing him him at that time and the style of football that they played. You know, we we love to analyse football players and what they're doing on the pitch, how they are playing, how they are evolving. It strikes me that and this is hard to measure, it's it's possibly more linked very simply to the manager that manages them at any given time than maybe some people would realise. Yeah, there's a great stat that Mark and I looked at in the piece that he's been the top scorer under all of the sort of permanent managers um, in terms of under Conte, uh, even under Nuno, I believe he was the top scorer um, under, of course, Mourinho as well. Pochettino was, was, of course, the best of the lot. So. Mm. And often it was Son in second place. Um, and I know that they've been the thing of sort of their relationship has felt like the consistent thread going all the way through. But even when you look at those two, their goals have changed over time. Often at the start, it was uh, Son playing a lot of cutbacks. He'd often be the one running in behind sort of a, a higher defensive line or a, or a low block and playing a cutback for Kane, who um, yeah, would score those one-touch goals. And now we are more synonymous with them, Kane being the three-wall player and, and Son maybe being the one to, to run on the score. Um, so yeah, the, the evolution is, is wonderful. I think as well, we think of Spurs under Mourinho not being the the best years, shall we say, especially after Pochettino and maybe as a consequence thinking Kane's not been or wasn't the most prolific there either. But a very, very small um, edge that he has in terms of goals per 90 um, under Jose Mourinho, 0.79 goals per 90 under Mourinho, 0.78 under Pochettino. Far different sample size, as you know, I like to always come back to, but actually was rather prolific under uh, Mourinho in the short space of time that that he was there. So shows that it doesn't matter what manager Harry Kane has, he's still still find a way to score. And from memory, there was that great quote from Mourinho on the All or Nothing documentary where he says he'll, he'll help him explode and um, you know reach these even higher levels. <laughs> to the tune of 0.01 goal <laughs> per 90 more. I like that the stats a lot. don't lie. That's the sort of marginal gains that Mourinho will give you. Look, guys, is there a clear period that we can call peak Kane? Well, it was interesting within this piece, we I found that since becoming a first team regular in 2014-15, he scored 20 plus goals across each season in a Spurs shirt. So it shows again just how consistent he has been. He's on 19 goals for this season. And he's surely going to break 20 as well. So it just shows just how incredible he has been. But I think again, within the piece, we covered the 2016-17 season and the 2017-18 season as his most sort of elite a uh, couple of seasons, 35 goals in 16-17, 41 goals in 17-18 in all competitions. Um, so within the 16-17 season, that is one goal per 90. That is a goal a game across the whole course of the season, which is outrageous. And anyone not named Erling Haaland, you'd expect, is that is just absolutely ridiculous rate. So um, the 41 goals in the 17-18 season as well was, was really incredible. And Liam picked up on something um, within that of just... The, the sheer variety of his goals, all body parts, and actually really prolific with his left foot as well. 
Yeah, there's a fantastic variety of hat-tricks in that period as well, uh, across 2017. Uh, he breaks Alan Shearer's record, so he gets 39 Premier League goals in that calendar year and six hat-tricks. Um, Shearer had 36 goals and five hat-tricks and back in 1995. So again, they're sort of you know still racing to beat other records. A specifically great example that I pulled out in the piece uh, was a hat-trick away at Hull uh, in May 2017. Um, and he'd scored a hat-trick, or four goals, sorry, uh, at Leicester three days before that. So it just really points to how great form um, he was in. But he scores all three goals with his left foot. Um, one of them is from outside the box in a typical Kane fashion in that period where he was able to pick it up um, and, you know, shoots around players really well, uses them as sort of decoys to, to find angles to shoot. Um, and that's the first time that a right-footed player had achieved that. Obviously, we now know Kevin De Bruyne to have done similar, but I think it's just a fantastic example of the variety that he had paired with that elite goal scoring prowess um, to score such a high volume of goals um, you know, with a variety of different body parts. Yeah, I really like looking at, at numbers, at data or, or visuals as a way of either proving or disproving opinions or cliches which generally are not based in, in numbers. And, and one of the classic Harry Kane stories, if you will, or testimonies has been his work ethic, his dedication to improvement and very much not so much his natural talent. A lot of players are talked of as just being innately gifted, whether it's as goal scorers or other parts of the pitch, creative players. Kane, almost completely the opposite, has been celebrated a little like Cristiano Ronaldo to an extent of just pure training time. Right, being the one that just worked harder than anyone else, even at the elite level of the game. And I reckon what we're talking about here, the number of goals that he has scored with all different parts of his body, left foot, right foot, head. I like to think that is a really nice way of reflecting that because even natural goal scorers, I think, generally have one very strong favoured side or potentially they're exceptional with their head and that's what makes them stand apart for Kane it has been really all three um, and that sets him apart from a lot of uh, other elite goal scorers in that time I think that's really really nice now plenty of speculation about Harry Kane's future he spent his whole career at, at Tottenham Hotspur um, there's been reporting every which way really um, some of it about the fact that he may look to move to pastures new at the end of his contract maybe before the end of his contract this summer might be the right time for him to leave Spurs I don't know these are hypotheticals but let's say that Kane did move on let's say he wanted to test himself at a different club having been so linked with Spurs for so long where do you think he would fit best of course he'd be landing at one of Europe's elite clubs I think the good news for Alan Shearer is that I think he'd be best suited at Real Madrid so Alan Shearer's record could be intact um, because I think obviously Karim Benzema is coming to a certain age now where Real Madrid is starting to think about him being replaced um, and looking to see who would fit the profile of that certain player who's able to come towards the ball, able to link the play, but also able to be a very clinical finisher. Um, I, I've just described Harry Kane there, right? So I think he would be a perfect fit within a, a Real Madrid mould. Um, also be playing in white, so he'd be very uh, adept at knowing who his teammates are. But no, in all seriousness, I do think that genuinely it would be a, um, a really good fit within Real Madrid. How realistic that is, is obviously another question. But uh, tactically and stylistically, I think it, it would make sense. I think they've got the money, Manchester United wouldn't hurt them to have a go and try and, you know, try and get him because... 
you look at the type of number nine profile that they need and that you know Ten Hag says that he wants um, and the players that he has around him of wingers I mean you see how well he plays with Rashford at times for England when they're obviously both fit and both playing um, in, a, in a system that's got good possession can produce crosses um, yeah I think it's very much the makings of an early Poch style team that you can see now reflected in United uh, already in really good form as a team one of the most informed teams in the league just this short period into the tenure one weakness of Harry Kane this is a slight deviation here poor celebration <laughs> I quite like it. What, the, the old jump, half jump, the, the half, half fist jump. Bump. It's like a three-year-old's about to jump, but not quite strong enough to jump. If he's going to play for Real Madrid, like I think he should, got to improve his celebration. He's a finely tuned machine who understands his body, and he knows there's no point making a full leap and taking up a bit of extra energy there. It's a little half leap. It's a little half fist pump. I think it gets the job done. Yeah, well, he scores so many that to, to knee slide every time, he'd probably get bored of because he needs to do it so much and doesn't want to expend energy, I imagine, on the celebration. Well, I mean, we've ended with a half criticism and by looking at Kane's future, but this episode and your excellent insight all about Harry Kane, Tottenham Hotspur's all-time leading goal scorer. It's been brilliant to track his career with you guys here. Some really interesting nuggets in there. So thank you to Liam Tharm and to Mark Carey. This is in written form on The Athletic website. Uh, you can join The Athletic today by heading to theathletic.com forward slash tactics. You'll pay £1.99 a month for the first 12 months of your subscription for the best football writing that exists. And please also make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. Uh, we are doing some really interesting stuff with Liam, Mark, Michael and others to come too. So join us and be a part of it as well on The Athletic Football Tactics Podcast. The Athletic.